everyone. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hamil Jaberi, along with Stephen Ruiz and Evan Thorpe. Happy 2019, guys. Happy 2019. I, I haven't judged 2019 yet. I'm not. Is it a happy one yet? I'm saying have a happy I'm, 2019. Jesus Probably not going to happen. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> just say, just say, Happy New Year's. That's all you have to say. Maybe in 2019, Stephen will start the podcast not being a total downer. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about Antonio Brown for the bulk of the podcast today, since that's kind of um, burning up the headlines. Stephen, can you give us a rundown on the drama so far? Yeah, so it goes back, at least in my mind, it goes back to last year when that was the first time we heard Roethlisberger kind of throw Antonio Brown under the bus. Mm -hmm. And it's something that Roethlisberger does a lot with his teammates, but he had never done it with Brown until last year. He kind of said he's creating distractions he doesn't need to create and then we kind of didn't hear from those two until earlier this year when brown got mad i guess he wasn't getting the ball enough and that led to him no showing practice and he got disciplined and then now i think they were having a walkthrough it was a practice and brown didn't want to run a certain play and roethlisberger did and somehow they got in an argument and then it led to brown getting benched by the coaches he didn't play in the last game, and then now he demanded a trade, and we have this. And there was a lot of uh, controversy about him not playing, right? Uh, initially, it was thought that he was injured, and then it came out that it was because they basically had a tussle in the locker room. Yeah, he was missing meetings. I, I don't think Brown is necessarily mad at Roethlisberger. I think it's more he resents the fact that Roethlisberger gets more leeway than he does. Mm-hmm. Like Roethlisberger, like I said, criticizes teammates like at least a couple times a year. And you never hear him getting disciplined for it. Brown might get mad on the sideline, and then he'll get disciplined. But the narrative right now is very much that Antonio Brown is a problem for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, whether or not he should be traded or is going to get traded. Yeah, and I think Roethlisberger has kind of helped that narrative by taking these little pot shots at him in the media. They might not be I don't think he's doing it maliciously, but it's not helping. Like him saying, oh, Antonio Brown, he ran the wrong route. That's why I threw an interception. Or, oh, you're making distractions you don't need to make. Like that adds to that perception that he is a problem. Yeah, I mean, when your quarterback is calling calling him out, uh, I don't want to say repeatedly, but criticizing him in front of the media, I think that <clears throat> that gives people leeway to also criticize him back versus putting on that united front that teams are so fond of. I just think players are tired of Ben Roethlisberger. And I think him being, like, you know, one of the most outspoken guys on the team, you think about, like, early this year when Le'Veon Bell didn't get the contract he was looking for. Antonio Brown's one of the guys, like, out supporting him and, you know, mm-hmm. speaking out for him. So I think throughout this season there might have been some divide within that locker room. And I think it could have all been started with the offseason treatment of Le'Veon Bell, and I think it probably just carried over. And the fact that they didn't make the playoffs, you know, winning covers these type of things. But now that this team is in the playoffs, season's over with, some stuff is coming out, and I think this has, like, probably been building up behind the scenes throughout the year. Yeah, and that his behavior is uh, – it sounds like a person who's very frustrated and I don't want to say acting out, but being provoked. Is that an accurate – Yeah, I think he is being provoked. I think he's been, like, driven to this. I don't think he's, like—because by all accounts, he's a hard worker. Right. He was a low draft pick. He was, like, 
never handed anything. He had to like work for this contract. Right. And maybe that kind of adds to his ego just because he did have to like overcome so much. Mm -hmm. But I think in a different situation where he doesn't have one, a coach who is kind of known for running a loose locker room, like he lets players speak out, and then having a quarterback who is so willing to criticize teammates. I think that's contributed to it. You never hear Tom Brady like criticizing Rob Gronkowski. And they're, I mean, Gronkowski's been a distraction off the field too, but you would never hear him criticize him. He never criticized Randy Moss, who's the same way. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that you should be out there criticizing your teammates that often. I'm all for players being able to be outspoken, right? And being able to address issues as they come up. Uh, and then there's something totally else uh, when you're just throwing your teammates under the bus, which Roethlisberger's doing. Um, I'm going to bring up the elephant in the room, which is the race issue here, in that you have a white quarterback who gets away with being able to to say a lot of stuff. Uh, and uh, then you have a black player who is being, <clears throat> excuse me, who is being uh, portrayed as problematic on the team, right? Like he's he's the cog that has to be fixed. Yeah, I've seen like people call him a prima donna diva, and it's like, what are you going to call Ben Roethlisberger? Like, because it's not just a one-sided thing where it's Antonio Brown's being a problem. It's like, okay, Ben Roethlisberger's been criticizing this man, and I don't think Antonio Brown really wants to be there. I think he's trying to get his way out, but because of his contract, he's he's likely going to be stuck. In... Sorry, go ahead. I mean to cut you off. Sorry. Yeah. Finish. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you feel like now. I just think, like, he's stuck, and it's like, you know what? I'm going to just, like, let it loose. Like, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't like this, and... Like I said, it's probably just been drawn out this entire year. Now he gets the chance to, like, say how he feels. It is the relationship equivalent of making somebody dump you. Like, you can't break <laughs> up with them, <laughs> but you can act so bad that they just pull the plug themselves. They're like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with it. He can't leave the team, but he can behave in a way that they want to dump him. I mean, the first step in doing that is not <laughs> picking up phone calls. And that, <laughs> like, then his manager, his agent had to tell him, like, all right, pick up the phone call, call him yeah. back. Like he he's in the first step. Next, he's not going to show up to off-season workouts and then he's going to hold out until the season starts. Didn't you say that it's not a it's not likely that he will get traded, Steven? Yeah, it's like basically they, the Steelers would have to pay the same amount to either cut or trade him as they would if he was on the team. So it doesn't like benefit them financially and he's like one of the best players in the NFL, so there's really no reason other than we don't or we think he's bad for the locker room yeah and i this is totally unscientific but i find that oftentimes nfl teams are more lenient with bad for the locker room than other leagues like i don't know if that's true or not i think i think it's like the same across the board maybe Mm -hmm. in hockey or baseball that's probably a bigger issue but i think in the nfl maybe yeah maybe it is just the nhl the nhl is huge on players getting traded because they're not good for the locker room like freaking pk suban I think the baseball, too, where, I don't know, maybe there's more players. But in the NFL, I think in the NBA it's so star-driven that mm-hmm. maybe you, you'll deal with that, Like especially with Antonio Brown. He's the best receiver in the NFL. So, I mean, you, you're going to put up with him throwing a helmet on the lock, in the on the sideline. But I also think with, like, football locker rooms, everything is so split because it's so yeah. many players, whereas, like, in a basketball locker room it's, like, 13, 16 guys. Right. So you pretty much have to be around those guys all day. Football, mm-hmm. like, I know – when I played, defense was on one side, offense was on one side, and even it was split to, like, quarterbacks all hung out with each other. Wide receivers and tight ends might hang out or tight ends and linemen. So 
you know, to the wide receivers, they're probably like, yo, he felt like us. It's just we can't do this. Mm-hmm. He can do this because he's Antonio Brown. So they probably, as a team, don't view him as much of a distraction. Probably the ownership is viewing it as a distraction. This is an awkward segue, but I wanted to go back to the race thing. Oh, yeah. Because oh, I think, <laughs> yeah. This, All right. Let's, let's switch gears. <laughs> switch gears. Uh, but I do think race has to do with it from Antonio Brown's perspective because when Ryan Clark came out and bashed him on ESPN, mm. Antonio Brown responded in an Instagram post or a reply calling him Uncle Tom, which is obviously racially motivated. Right. So I think in his eyes it is a race thing. I mean, you think about the wide receivers like Odell, he got labeled uh, a diva. Even Julio Jones got labeled a diva in the offseason when he ridiculous. didn't report. And it's like like the common factor mm-hmm. is that they're black. Wide receivers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think Adam Thielen's going to be called a diva. And he, he was clearly a diva on the sideline the past couple weeks for the Vikings. Yeah, he did get in an argument with the quarterback, and you don't hear the diva thing. So I think, I mean, race has to do with everything in this country. Anyone that denies that is just... Yeah, and I agree with him. I I don't think that this is something that we're projecting either, right? Mm -hmm. I think that this is – that it's very apparent that white quarterbacks get a lot more leeway than black players in the NFL. And, like, this weekend uh, Cam Newton threw a dustpan in the trash that somebody tried to get him to sign. A Saints fan. Which was obviously a troll. And people are like, oh, my God, look at Cam. All he wanted was an autograph. No. No. Like, they're trying to troll him. Yeah. Like, what is he going to do? Like, just do it and then, like, you're even a bigger joke than the joke already that was trying to, like, be played on you. Yeah. So do you think that with everything that we have said in context of uh, um, the frustration that he's experiencing, do you think that Antonio Brown is behaving appropriately? I'd say no, but I don't judge him for doing so. In the same spot, I don't know. Maybe I'd act out the same way. I I think he's just – he's dealing with a bad locker room. I think Ben Roethlisberger isn't a good leader. And I wanted to read this one quote. Because I think it like sums up how bad of a leader Roethlisberger is. Because I think he's trying to play this role as like I'm the leader of this locker room, I'm right? The, the president yeah. of it. So this was from I think early December. He basically defended himself for like criticizing teammates by saying, "Being around for a long time with a lot of different players, you have to know how to motivate different guys in different ways." I think that's part of being a leader, being a captain, just understanding players. And then in that same radio interview, he was asked, do you think your criticism is working? And he responded, uh, go ask them. Oh, my God. So basically he's saying, on one hand, you need to know what motivates them. On the other hand, he's saying, I don't actually know if this is working. If I'm this just is doing working. It. Yeah, he, he's willing to torch uh, his relationships with his teammates because he thinks it can motivate them. But or under the guise that it's actually yeah. motivating them. I, I'm not sure if he really thinks it can motivate them or not. To, um, but publicly trash talking does not work. I think he's like retconning like what he like. He he's being a jerk to these teammates in public and then he's like pressed on it. And then he's like, oh, no, that's just me being a leader. Yeah, exactly. And retcon for people that might not know is retroactive continuity. <laughs> you can Google it. I'm with Antonio Brown. But I think, sorry, oh. but I think Steven just showed how much of a nerd he is by using that phrase. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? I'm, I, I I think what Antonio Brown's doing is not bad. I mean, like, these athletes have to get the stuff out here somehow. And if he would have just stayed quiet and it just kept going on, then 
they would look at it like, well, it must not be a problem. And I'm pretty sure the Steelers don't view it as a problem, but at least he's put it out there. Like, I don't like this. I yeah. don't like what's going on. Yeah. Hopefully it's something turns out better for him. Maybe him and Le'Veon Bell could join the Colts or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, but Antonio Brown is kind of doing what Roethlisberger is doing as well, right? He is going public with dysfunction. Roethlisberger tends to go public with teammates that he doesn't like because he thinks he can help them be better. And Antonio Brown is going public with the locker room dysfunction because he thinks he can help change things or it can get him traded. But it's who you're going after. Right. It's you're going after the head guy. Yeah. Whereas normally it's the head guy going after the yeah. little guys. I, I'm very – I don't know if sympathetic is the right word to use, but I do understand – why he's doing what he's doing because I I think that I would react the same way. Like I am a person who tends to act out if things are not going well within the organization and only because if nothing is changing from within, I'm going to try to change it from the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think his motivations are like more noble than Roethlisberger. Usually when Roethlisberger speaks out and criticizes teammates, it's usually when he's made a mistake himself Mm -hmm. and he's like trying to explain it. He's throwing someone else under the bus. Like, it wasn't my fault. It was their fault. Right. Where Antonio Brown is just, I'm not happy with the situation, and I'm going to speak out about it. Yeah. And the fact that this happened early in the year is, like, clearly, he just needs to get away from the Steelers. I think he needs to – it's hard because he can't choose where he can play, but I think he needs, like, a fresh start somewhere else. Yeah, because it's the second time he said trade me in the yeah. same in the same, in the season. same year, <laughs> like twice. In t- that year. is brutal. <laughs> just like, please, just trade me, and this will be easier for everyone. Uh, what else is going on in sports? You want to talk about LeBron? Yeah, Evan? I just can somebody call themselves the goat? Yes. You think so? Yes. If you're LeBron James, you can call yourselves the goat. But his reason for calling himself the goat, I have a problem with. What did he say? He said after uh, the Cavaliers came back and beat the Warriors in Game 7 to win the NBA Finals, he felt like after that moment he was the GOAT. But it wasn't all because of LeBron James. Kyrie Irving was a big part, too. So Was he being serious? Or was oh, there, was, like, a little... No, he was dead serious. He, it was on his uh, More Than an Athlete series on ESPN+. Mm-hmm. Plus, and they were talking about it. He was like, yeah, after that, I had that moment. I said, I'm the GOAT. <laughs> But I mean, that that's his biggest accomplishment in his career. Like, when we not, look back, that's what we're going to point to as, like, that's... But does that make, like, that one moment just makes him the greatest player of all time? I don't think it was a moment. It was, like, it was the whole se- The like, whole thing. Beating the Warriors. Like, he went back to Cleveland. Yeah. And he won a championship against, like, one of the best teams, maybe the best team we've ever seen. And that was his entire goal, right? Like, he went back to deliver a championship to a city. Yeah, the NBA helped him do that. They suspended Draymond Green for... The low blow when LeBron started everything, and then all of a sudden, like the momentum shift, and now the Warriors can't play the Warriors basketball. You're a noted conspiracy theorist, so I'm not. I I don't know how much weight that actually holds. And speaking uh, of Draymond, since you brought him up, and he is your favorite player, <laughs> he said the same thing about LeBron. He said like the moment LeBron became like what he is now is when he was like I'm the greatest. He said that on the Barbershop Show. Yeah, on the first episode. So Draymond agrees with LeBron, but Draymond didn't. Call him the goat. He's just like I'm one of the greatest, one of the greatest, not the greatest. I, I think when no, you put that no. goat, the greatest. No, he said the. No, no, everyone knew LeBron was already one of the greatest. Yeah, he's, he's one LeBron. of the goat. I don't think he's the goat though. I, 
but you can understand him. Th- if you were in LeBron's spot, what would you think? You wouldn't be like, oh, I'm I, second I would, best. I would keep. Did <laughs> 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 I say that again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I like the humble brags. That was one of them, like, come on, LeBron, like, stop tuning your own horn, bro. Evan, I'm, 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 like, speechless because you don't, if you're a LeBron, you don't need to humble brag. You can just brag. But he's not the GOAT. You sound like an old white man right yeah. now. <laughs> this is Evan. No offense to old white men. <laughs> this but. is Evan talking. It's not Etuan talking, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't like people calling themselves the GOAT. Like, you don't like you, people call it for you. Like, you don't is... like Jalen Ramsey, like how he talks? Oh, I have no problem with it. Why don't you have any problem with this? Then why you have a problem LeBron. with LeBron. That's been Jalen Ramsey since I've known Jalen Ramsey. So you think that LeBron should be falsely humble? Yes. <laughs> yes. Just, just when you are that good, you don't have to talk about it. He doesn't talk about it all the time. He's allowed to say it once. Michael Jordan never said it once. Oh, you know, the other thing is is that um, Roger Federer and Serena Williams both played each other in some, like, exhibition tennis match. Yeah, I saw that. And they both called themselves the GOAT. So you are you don't think that's okay? I think that's okay. That's, but that's I an think individual. That's okay. I think they're playing two different I – mean, it's two different, like, sports. They separate men and the women. I mean, yeah, it's not but different that's what sports, I'm saying, that it's, it's totally okay for them. So but, why is it not okay for LeBron? But those are individual sports where, like, they create their own success. So? People act like Kyrie <laughs> didn't drop 40 in back-to-back games and didn't hit the biggest shot of that whole series. So Kyrie's just, the GOAT. So you're saying that Kyrie <laughs> is not getting enough credit. I think people overlook Kyrie's accomplishments throughout that series because LeBron James had a block. Okay, what about uh, LeBron? Well, that's all he did? What about, like, John Paxson and Steve Kerr hitting game-winning shots for Jordan? Yeah, I is Jordan not the GOAT now? Like, they all have teammates. They all have Hall of... Scottie Pippen's that. a Hall of Famer. <laughs> why, did your, why did your voice change when you yell? <laughs> like, this is hilarious. Because it, Everyone's getting so hyped. Yeah, okay. 2019, nothing's changed. It's two-on-one again. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just... I didn't like it coming from LeBron. That was my biggest thing. I didn't like it coming from him. You think it destroyed your perception of him a little bit as kind of like a man, man of the people? Like, I know you're good, LeBron. I don't need you to tell me you're good. I think that's a weak argument. He's allowed to say it. Mm. And I think that mentality, like, there has been, I feel like there's been, like, a change in mentality with LeBron mm-hmm. over since he's won that championship. Like, I feel like he's more, I don't know, more, I don't, I hate using this phrase, but more of, like, an alpha male what? Yeah, I hate using that phrase. I didn't know where, how the best to say it. But like, when like he's, he's got I, more swagger now. I, I like now, like you confidence. don't expect him to lose. I think it's the confidence factor because, like, yeah. before we always question, like, oh, LeBron James might lose a close game, exactly. or LeBron James, you know, is not going to take the three, which he didn't do. But like now, you know, you see LeBron, you're like, okay, at least he's capable of doing that now. Well, now he's the guy that walks into a game drinking a glass of red wine when he's not playing, <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, and I think it took yeah. that moment where him, with him realizing I'm the goat. Well, that's, that's changed his like how he attacks the game. I feel like he. Well, that was one of his biggest goals, right? Was to bring a championship to Cleveland. Yeah. After that, the pressure is basically off. Yeah, I mean now he's he's probably never going to win an NBA championship again. And oh, he is. I doubt it. He is. <laughs> There's a long next year. <laughs> next year. Mm-hmm. Nah, he's the Warriors gonna, are gonna break up. He's gonna win I think one the, more. I think somebody in the East gonna win next year. I got somebody in the East winning next year. Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> Here they come. All right, we're going round and round in circles. Uh, anything else you guys want to get to before we sign off? 
I saw Aquaman. Oh, was it good? And I have a beef with Evan. That movie's terrible. I liked it. The <laughs> acting is so bad. I've never I seen think it. The, I think the story could have been better, but as far as, like, characters, I like Aquaman. Uh, Jason Momoa wasn't a bro-type Aquaman, which I'm glad they changed. He might have been the best part of the movie, and I still didn't like him. You Evan did. is a noted uh, DC. I'm a DC guy. You're a DC but guy. I'm a very, like, honest DC guy. Like, I, me and him had talks, and I was like, I hated a lot of movies. I hated Suicide Squad. The ending of it was terrible. That was terrible. That was a terrible I've never uh, seen that. Man of Steel, the way, the, the fact that they had like Superman kill. I was fine with that. I hated that. That's fine. Um, Batman versus Superman, it was really like a person didn't like somebody because they didn't know him. And it was Batman like, versus Superman had the lamest, weakest, thinnest premise for a movie ever. Yeah. It was that is what it, no. It, had if it you watch the extended, first, I disagree with. If that. you watch what? The, if you watch the extended one, I think it is it's a better story. But I don't think they needed Doomsday at the end. Doomsday just like made everything stupid. Civil War has the worst premise to a movie. I I will agree with you that the more I watch Civil War, the more I think this is a completely ridiculous premise that for guy, how how like intense the conflict is supposed to be. Especially the villain in Civil War, it makes everything. A just joke. Bo- get the tape and just go to Tony Stark's house and yeah. give it to him. Yeah. Why does it, what, what is all this other? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got so many problems with Civil War. Stop beating around the bush. and It's all because of Bucky. I mean, he literally could have just taken He literally could have just taken the videotape and just sent it to Tony Stark, and that would have been the end of it. And then so. what if he like sets all this up, and then Tony sees the video, and he's like, oh, he was mind-controlled, so that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, we're super off-topic. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Happy 2019, even though 